Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to this month's episode of Leadership Lean In. By the way, starting next month, this is really exciting, we are going to do two episodes a month. I'm really ecstatic about this. Two episodes a month. We're upping the ante on Leadership Lean In. Hey, uh, once again, thank you so much to everyone that has subscribed, uh, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple, or uh, especially on YouTube. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for posting about it. It means the world uh, that you would take your time to listen, but then also to uh, share it with other people. Really, I can't even tell you. I I see it and I just go, this is this is so much fun. This is so cool. And so thanks for being on the journey. Some of you have been on the journey with us since the beginning, and it means the world. So we're jumping into this month's episode. I have with me we just thought for Valentine's Day, we do something around the subject of love. Oh, man. Well, because, you know, guys, we're in love. And so I have with me my, it's always weird when people say rib, my rib. I always, I, that's a weird one I've never said. Yeah, don't ever say it. <laughs> Please don't start. I now. have with me my, you rib. know, when, when people say the rib queen. is here. Yeah, my queen. Yeah. I have with me, Wife. I it's mean. Efficient. Friend, I'm gonna help you. My boss is here today, guys. Yes, she's here. <laughs> uh, Julia, make some noise wherever you are at. She is in the house, <laughs> and uh, we're excited. This is this is actually uh, the title. Julia, a lot of people don't know this about you. I think you're one of the most creative people in the world. You have you name things so well. You're you're the queen of captions, and so she has rightfully titled uh, today's episode. I'm so excited. We're gonna jump in right away because last uh, episode I said we're gonna phone a friend. So I say right now we jump in before we get into our content. We phone a friend. We have joining us all the way from Montana. Another caption. Oh, he is a caption king. You're right. We are calling right now Levi Lusco. Let's go live to Montana with Levi Lusco. Chad, what's going on? Levi, what's happening, man? Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're the greatest. How is is life in Montana today? It's good. I'm just putting a Bible study together for the weekend. It's sunny outside, which is rare, so it's snowy but sunny, which is the best day possible. I think that um, snow in Montana, in particular where you live, is one of the most beautiful places on the earth. It is. I know. Just don't tell anybody about it because everyone's moving here, so you got to keep it a secret. (laughs) My little secret. I love it. Well, hey, thank you so much. One day, it is our goal. We are making together as a community a leadership leaning goal. This is our first community goal. One day, we will have Levi here live in the flesh. But for now... But for I'm now. taking a vow. I'm going to take a vow, like Saul, the, Saul did or Paul did. I'm not going to eat till you get me on the show. I'm not going on a hun- hunger strike. It is. It is our. It is our 2020 resolution. Um, 
But hey, thanks so much for taking time. You are, in my opinion, one of the most prolific, not just communicators, but leaders that I've ever been around. You have uh, an unbelievable strategic mind, creative mind. Uh, you are, in my opinion, a leader of leaders, of course. It goes without saying. And uh, anytime I'm around you, I'm always inspired to think a little bit bigger, live a little bit better. Uh, you're one of the, to me, one of the friends that encourages me and sharpens me the most. Um, I just want to call you and say, Hey, uh, this crowd here, this uh, community of people that are eavesdropping in on lean in, uh, leaning into the subject of leadership. I wanted to ask you what comes to mind when I say the word leader, what, what immediately strikes you about that word and who to you is a leader? Yeah, wow. Well, first of all, goodness, everything you said was so kind. Jenny and I feel the same exact way, constantly inspired by you guys, and uh, our life's better because of your friendship and example as well. And God really just knit us together in such a unique way. Right. I would say, um, I guess when when I ha- when I think about when you were saying that just now, what I thought about was someone who handles pressure well, hmm. you know, because pre- life is full of pressure, and especially as you began to you know, step out as an entrepreneur or in a political office or having a platform or any of any size or, or, or scale. And the pressure just gets more intense. I think everybody craves like being in the spotlight or being famous or being mm. used by God until they get there and they realize, oh, it's like going down in the ocean where the pressure gets harder. Wow. Right. And then you're like, oh, it's easy to get crushed like a tin can. I mean, if they don't pressurize a submarine, it would literally be like you crushing a can in your hand. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're, the leader is the person who knows that there's got to be a pressure on the inside equal to the pressure on the outside so they're not crushed by it. So good. I love that. Um, you are, to me, uh, such an incredible example of patience and security. Um, I don't know how many people know your backdrop story that you were in Orange County and felt called to move to Montana, which might not have made sense in the natural, but here you are, and you 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 uproot your family and your life, and you go and you plant in Montana. And uh, we were just with John Maxwell. <clears throat> uh, Levi was supposed to be there, babe. I know. And another I day, another story. There. I'm not trying to, you know, throw, throw shots, you know, right now here on the podcast, but I just, it would have been better if you're there. Anyways, one of the things that John Maxwell said that I thought was so insightful was he said, remember... If you're good, people will find you. Hmm. And I always look at you in Montana and think, I love that about you because most people feel like, oh, I got to be in Miami or New York or LA or Chicago, a big market to have a big impact. But you are such an example of being secure and making a massive impact from what would not be the most obvious place. How have you been able to stay secure in your lane and in who you are and trust God that God will take care of the breadth of your your influence? Wow, what a question. Um, I think anybody who tells you they don't struggle with insecurity is lying. I right. think we all, we all do. We all fear uh, people. We all want to be liked. We all want to be known. And it's, 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 um, I, but I think if there's a secret to the success of what you're saying, which is so important to be there, is uh, that you're willing to, um, let God take care of how deep, of how wide you go, and you just take care of how deep you go. And, uh, ministry and fame and all that stuff is, is so deceptive and, and, and so transient, and it's like a vapor. I mean, what does it say in Peter? The flower, 
uh, comes and shines, and then it, it's taken down. So, like, right. what pastors were epic 100 years ago, what, what ones were, you know, being used, what, what, who was being talked about in the CEO world 30 years ago. So we have a minute, and we want to use that minute well to go deep, help people, do what God's putting on heart. And at the end of the day, if you're known, if you're celebrated— or if you're not, that's not real significance. You know, mm-hmm. in the Bible, Absalom built a pillar to himself. Right. You know, that's that David was the opposite. He never wanted to do that. You know, Saul would build a monument to himself. David was trying to help people. So I think when you when you help people, you actually get what you want more than if you had tried to get it yourself. I love that. So good. Uh, here's here's uh, my last question. We won't keep you long because we, we save the good stuff for when Levi is live and in person, looking over the beautiful city when, of Los Angeles, which skinny, I know when I have, and skinny, when I have a blue starting, bottle, so. Jenny, Jenny can be there. When I have a blue bottle coffee in my hand yeah, and yeah. a yes. backyard bowl yeah. for lunch. And we're getting yeah. ready to go to some great place afterwards to enjoy. I love that about Levi and Jenny. Yeah. They love good food. These guys are some of our favorite people to eat with. I want to talk to you about uh, effective communication. Um, I was on a call yesterday with Judah, and he was telling me name drop like a name drop. That was really good. Wow. Yeah, I right. like that. It was From so, John but, to Judah. So Michael Jordan and I were having coffee. Yeah, again. <laughs> well, yeah. You, it just kind of made sense because it's. Uh, I felt like it was just us here for a moment. No big Anyways, deal. The greatest communicator of our yeah, generation and I were but, just hanging out. No we, segueing. Yeah, I segue. So, but but anyways, on the call, um, he was um, referencing, and someone had just told him, kind of like. Uh, your numbers, you know, like how, your effectiveness of your reach. And I thought that we were talking about in context about something that we want to do. And I thought I just, it struck me your ability to communicate is being, your content is being consumed at such a high level. And I think it goes back when I listen to you, you're so well studied. Mm-hmm. You, you are, you're so articulate. Um, but I, I, I always feel it's very sincere. I always feel like it's you're living this out. And it's not it's not just um coming from a place of deep character. You've worked on your craft. Like I listen to you, I'm like, this guy has worked at this. Talk to me about effective communication. How have you gotten there? And what are some things you had to some bad habits you had to lose to become a really good communicator? Oh my gosh. Well, man, that's such a good, that's the question. I I think, uh, I mean, your message mama mentality was, was so great. Uh, you were hitting the culture right where they were at. Um, and one of my favorite things I've read about Kobe was, uh, that he never got sick of the basics. His, his practices were uninspiring and that you think it'd be all sizzle and flash, but it was really very basic and he would do it very consistently. And I think with communication, it's easy to, you know, uh, coast on a gift and not put the reps in, not do the hard work, uh, not develop your reps, and also not, uh, you have to keep taking risks. Right. I, I was telling someone the other day, you know, they were asking me about a certain kind of ending, you know, kind of when you end with a big surprise, or I've heard it called a, patter- a Patterson twist, where what they thought you were starting with is not what you end with, or you turn the phrase, or you have another way you, you know, convey the truth. And I think that's important, but I think anything like that can become a pattern that you get comfortable with, get complacent with. Right. Do I, does my message always have four points? Do I always begin with a story? Do I read my text and always say something funny? You know, I think I, I, I'm my, my biggest challenge is to keep mixing it up, to have, to add more, you know, clubs to my golf bag, to use yeah. an analogy that you'll be comfortable with. Um, <laughs> 
you know, and just to continue to mix it up and vary it up. And, 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 and the, you know, I know I've seen guys who kind of like are still preaching the same exact sermon, like not just a little bit, like the same sermon from 30 years ago. And I think in the wow. business world or any, anyone listening to this, you know, what do they say? They say innovate or die. Right. Look Dude. at Disney and under, um, under Iger, you know, now they have, Disney Plus, which was a risk, taking all their content off Netflix, off of Amazon Prime, right? And they were going to lose a lot of money to for 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 this, but to get to that, you know. And so I think if we don't take risks, uh, we will soon go extinct. Wow, that is so so well said, so good, so insightful as always. Hey, we sincerely can't thank you enough. We really look forward to having you on, and just honestly, on behalf of uh, myself, I know our community and so many people around the world, thank you for living an inspiring life. We're inspired by your faith and who you are. You guys are amazing. Yes. Oh, gosh. Well, we love you. Love you, Julia, and your kids, and we can't wait to work together again. All right, man. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Just the best. The best. Always. Yeah. And always has been that way. If and when he's on here, he'll be my favorite guest. Oh, I feel like that was a shot straight at Rich. I loved it. Ah, come on. We're just having fun today, you guys. Come on. We're just having a good time. I can choose favorites, right? (laughs) We are uh, not just phoning a friend today, but we also promised to answer some questions. People have written in uh, some some questions, and I want to go to you on some of these. This is really good stuff. Uh, I'm just going to kind of pick and choose the stuff I like here. Okay. Uh, Here's one. And you were just on a podcast, (laughs) I think, for Relevant. Was it for Relevant Magazine? You just did a podcast about this? Yeah. What are daily disciplines? Disciplines. We're fine. <laughs> We're doing great. What are daily disciplines that you have that we all should be doing? You just did a whole hour yes. about disciplines and talk about the comedy and the contrast of that. The comedy and well, the contrast. This is your words on that. No, I think, you know, as we were 35, 40 minutes into the podcast and they kept repeating the same question, I finally said, the word discipline can be a little bit scary for some people, whether you're new to your journey with Jesus or new to leadership or new to having a discipline. Um, You know, we all want habits that that push us forward, that expand us, that that give us growth. Um, But for years, uh, when we when we think of discipline, many, when I say we, many of us think about, um, the, the discipline of devotion, you know? And so I, you know, instantly when that question comes to mind, you think about reading the word or praying or quiet time or Mm -hmm. worship. Um, and and it's something that, that you did for years, about 10 years, you had a daily discipline and devotion that, that you missed like maybe a few times. Totally. And, 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 and that would be, um, something that, that you were grateful for and shaped you and right. matured you and growed you. But I also think now in context of leadership mm. and family and leading a church and leading children, that discipline is not just in the area of devotion, but right. it, it's, 
you see how every area of discipline kind of coincides together. So now it's not just, um, you know, let's, let's get the morning down. And a lot of people ask like where, where we do our devotion time, Mm. like we're morning people, we have to, we have to get it in before the kids are going. And, uh, we both get up early, uh, Uh, me earlier than Chad. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I couldn't wait. I knew it was coming. You, I don't know how you do it. Julia gets up way earlier before I do. You're a savage. No, but um, I, I think that we're learning more and more yeah. the importance of discipline in every area, in our yeah. eating, in our health. Well, I was just going to say, listen, yeah. when we talk about discipline in our little cul-de-sac that yeah. a lot of our listeners would t- would, th- would contrive right away that it would it'd correlate to discipline spiritually. Yeah. Listen, I have a discipline of checking my bank accounts every day. Yeah. I have a discipline of returning almost all my emails every day, as do you. I have a discipline of, you know, getting our our house in order and trying to get our kids to school and being disciplined with my time management. So d- daily disciplines to me does not equal Bible reading. Daily disciplines to me is the system I create in my life that it's like every day I do these things yeah. so that I can be at my best. Right. I, I was, you know, uh, just couple days ago when we were with Pastor Chris Hodges, he handed out, I can't wait to show you this, he handed out these focus planners, and they they last for a quarter, um, like a, a season. And he was saying, he goes, listen to these 20 or so pastors, your biggest problem in your life is not gift. You guys are all gifted. Yeah. He said, I think the biggest problem that all of you have is focus. I thought, wow, that that is that is it. Right. Your disciplines are set up so you can focus on what you need to focus on. So yeah. whether it's a daily discipline of waking up early mm-hmm. or daily discipline of thirty minutes, uh, you know, of planning out your day, mm-hmm. you have a daily discipline of of uh, your to do list. Last night when we were going to the um, grocery store, you're looking at, you know, okay, I got to get coffee beans, <laughs> I got to get the Valentine's uh, gifts for Winston School, and I got and it's that's a daily discipline. So yeah. I think you've got to create disciplines mm-hmm. in your life that right. allow you to operate at the highest level. Here's the next question. I love this. How do you deal with consistent setbacks and how to know when to cancel a project if it's not successful? This is a great question. This is a good question. This is this is faith forward future, you know? Totally. I was going to say this, it reminds me of uh, Failing Forward, right. the the book, because this is, but but within this question to me is the ability to be discerning yeah. and secure. Yeah. Because listen, if this thing's dead, let's get off. Right. There is nothing worse than continuing. I, and I feel, I feel that way. Sometimes I'll be in a project or being in a service mm-hmm. and I'm like, there's, there's no energy here. There's no momentum yeah. here. There's no grace here. I've got I've to make a change with this personnel. I've got to make a change with this service time. I've got to make a turn, change with you know whatever we're doing here because it's the whole thing. What used to work for you is now working against you. Right. But this is the, the, the reality of what this person's asking is how do you deal with setbacks? Yeah. How have you, and you've, you've dealt with setbacks, um, you've, you've had to change things. How do you have a setback and yet still stay confident and keep going. I think that's the key. It's not just, oh, I have a setback and I'm admitting that. How do you get back up and try again? Yeah, I think setbacks uh, are inevitable. You know, no one's exempt from life. You know, most of us 
you know, we, we use the analogy of racing. We both love to run. There's the adrenaline of the start of something, the fresh dream, the excitement, right, right. like this is awesome. And then, um, the, the relief of the finish line and fulfillment of that. But the majority of us live our life and our pace and our lane and our race in the, in the stretch of the middle, which, mm. um, is filled with, setbacks and the thing about running is, is it's exhausting right <laughs> and it's tiresome and so when we're when we're in this pace of life it's learning how to sustain right, right. you know so so when we face a hurdle or right. a mountain or something that feels like it's depleting all of our energy we have um, a sufficient amount of margin to keep going but yeah. we've also trained ourselves our, our our spirit our body our soul right. to be able to to move move through those setbacks i think a lot of times um i just think of small setbacks like mm. daily setbacks or weekly setbacks totally. that don't ruin my day or ruin my week yes it it requires me to be able to get this sounds crazy but just like heavenly perspective yep but it's just it's a it's a training of how to learn how to have replay in your mind. Yep. I'm going to take 20 minutes. I'm going to yep. replay this scenario, and um, what might seem like a setback yep. um, is actually probably not as big of a deal as I think it is. It. I used to get really overwhelmed about running out of gas and having a flat tire, and now it's like that's. That's kind of silly, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. to be overwhelmed by a yeah. flat tire and running out of gas. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think what you're saying is so true because it's like setbacks are inevitable. And if I take myself too seriously, I'll let it just demoralize me and just deplete me. Yeah. I've got to have some resolve to go, you know what? One of my favorite lines on leadership is make your next thing your best thing. Right. I might have missed this time, but I'm getting up and I'm going to swing again. That's all I can do is try my best tomorrow. Here's another great question. How do you analyze your leadership and how can you continue to become a better leader? I think this is so important because I think it's, it's always important to get outside feedback, have people speak into your life. That's the brilliance of marriage is that you can think you're awesome, but it's really your spouse's opinion right. that help you go, uh, let's... Get yeah. some context here yeah. to your awesomeness here, bro. The holy, the holy spouse. Holy the holy, spirit. yeah, the holy spirit, the holy spouse. <laughs> I think that's awesome, but I think it is important to take inventory, right? Uh, to evaluate, to consider yourself. Am I doing a good job? Am I encouraging people? Do people like be, to be around me? Mm -hmm. uh, am I being uh, the blessing or adding value at the rate and the level that I want to? Mm -hmm. I think. There's some disciplines that you have to create in your life. There's some space you need to create in your leadership to get quiet and to think. And I always think that the best way to do this is if you want to evaluate yourself as a leader, you evaluate your relationships. Mm -hmm. Because if you only evaluate your, your metrics of growth, that doesn't tell the full story. Mm -hmm. Like in our context, attendance, connect group numbers, baptisms, uh, how many volunteers, salvations, those don't tell the number of how I'm doing as a leader. Right. The relationships around me right. tell the truer and the greater story. Yeah. So if I'm a leader that only looks at numbers, well, it's like you can achieve great numbers and still have just a, a mess of a world around you. How I'm doing as a leader always has to do with how I'm doing as a as a friend, as a relationship, as a as a community, more than just the metric of numbers. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, here we go. Time out on that. We're gonna keep going. Here we go. Well, here we go. Last one. Last one. Um, How do you? How do we correct leadership that might be out of order or even against the vision of the lead? I don't. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. Here we go. Here we go. How do we? Yeah. Do you want me to respond to that one? I can respond to that. No, we're gonna edit that one out. I know. You're reading it. I'm like, really? How about this one? How do you grow your team? in a healthy way? I love this question. This is a great question. How would you, how would you say, how do you grow your team in a healthy way? I think making the vision plain, making it clear, you know, people, people can't grow and move forward if they, they don't know where they're headed towards, you know? Um, you do such a great job of that. When we meet as a staff and as a team on Tuesday mornings, you, you just go through culture, you go through vision, you make, you make it plain, you make it clear. Um, people want to follow, you know, what, what's clear, but, um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I thought we were talking about love and relationship. No, we're going to get there. Here's our, okay. last, here's our last question. <laughs> I think, you're I, like, this is not what we had planned. This is it. No, you're doing a great job. I think that. I didn't know I was getting drilled with questions. <laughs> how do you grow your team in a healthy way? I think to me, it goes back to you being healthy. So if you're healthy, it's going to get reproduced into the team. And growing your team in a healthy way is vision inspiring, you know, put putting the, 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 the the culture very clear, but I also think it has to do with being accountable, holding people accountable. Hey, this is, it's kind of policing the culture a bit. So I think growing a healthy way has to do with all the positive things, vision, direction, purpose, guidelines, but also has to do with, hey, if something gets unhealthy, that's not how we operate here. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not our culture. So it's both the ins- inspiration, but it's also the accountability of going like, if something gets dysfunctional, if something becomes unhealthy, mm-hmm. hey, we're not going to, we're not going to lead that way here at this organization. All that to say, we are now getting to the fun stuff. You're, you're throwing me curveballs. Life with Chad is <laughs> never, never clearly communicated. It's always unexpected. We we just wanted to do some questions. Uh, I think I, I I but I didn't know you were questioning me. I would have prepared better. I think that you did a great job oh, yeah. answering okay. these questions. Okay. We are now pivoting. Yeah, we yeah. are now pivoting. We are going into today's con. Tell them the title that you have. Valentine's with Viches. <laughs> we are on the heels of Valentine's Day. We're getting ready on tomorrow. The heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting ready to tomorrow's Valentine's Day. We're going to release this tomorrow. I'm very excited. And we want to talk about love and loneliness. Uh, not just love, but also the contrast of love would be a lot of people deal with loneliness, both that are single and married or dating. Right. The loneliness is just a real reality. Um, so as we get ready to dive into some of the content, uh, any any opening remarks that you'd like to say as far as love and loneliness? What comes to mind when you think of that title? Wait, what content? We have planned content? I've got planned content right oh, here. Okay, go share it with me. Okay, well, I, I want to hear your opening remarks first. Okay. I don't know what's opening remarks. Um, okay, when I think of love and loneliness, yeah, I think even though you're in love, it can be lonely. I think even though you're married, it can be lonely. I think that, um, doesn't matter what season you're in single dating, engaged, married, 
um, we all have a, a need and an ability and an opportunity to enjoy every season, but also mm. endure every season. Right. Um, I don't think that uh, married is always the end all, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, when we were getting engaged uh, that morning, we did... I didn't know that you were going to propose at all. Like that was a surprise right. and we never talked about getting people don't know this, but we never talked about getting married or getting engaged. Like it was pretty traditional. So when you propose, it wasn't, I didn't go like today. It's like these girls pick out their rings and dresses. It's these all done girls, I'm like judging. It. <laughs> Not um, yeah. We had never talked about that at all. And so the morning that you proposed, I was just doing like a, like a devotional and I was reading the uh, Ecclesiastes three that he makes everything beautiful in his time. And um, I look back and I, I don't think that because I got engaged, that was, that was the beauty. Like, I think that there's beauty in ashes in Mm. every season, you know? So So it, it, you know, he makes everything beautiful in his time is just a reminder that it's his time, you know, and not my time. But so I I think when I think of love and loneliness, I think that every one of us have experienced um, loneliness at some point, mm. whether our, we craved connectivity, whether we craved love, whether we craved true friendship and community. Um, you spoke so beautifully about that on Sunday, just that you know, what our need is as humans. And, um, yeah, I think that's great. When, when we think about the word loneliness, I think even in particular context to this podcast, leadership can be lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, relationships can be lonely. Community can be lonely. How do you, how have you been able to combat seasons of loneliness, feeling like you're lonely? What are some key things that you would do? You go, I feel this, and I know it's not true because I think sometimes when you're lonely, it's like I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel this way. I know people love me. I know people are for me. I know I have community. How have you been able to combat that? Any time you felt lonely, what have I remember a while ago we talked about the lies of loneliness. How mm-hmm. have you been able to speak to the truth of your soul when feeling though? Because it's a feeling I I, I sometimes feel. Mm-hmm. Um, how how have you been able to combat that? Yeah, I think that loneliness can many times be a lie, right? right. That's it. I, I think the enemy wants you to feel isolated, and yeah. and you know, in Proverbs, it's like if you if you want friends, you have to be friendly, and you actually have a responsibility to lean in to oh, lean in. There we go to 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 take to take first steps to reach out to people, which can be vulnerable. Right. But many of us, and I have fallen to this, like we sit at home. I was like, why wasn't I invited? Like, Mm. why didn't they call me? Mm. And we just get down the rabbit trail of lies and assumptions. And rather than just assuming like, you know, the best case scenario, uh, I, I think a lot of times with lies of loneliness or, the feeling of loneliness stems from a place of um, allowing your thoughts to go down Mm. to that dark place and to start assuming all the reasons Mm. why you're alone or why 
all the reasons why you feel alone. And, mm. and a lot of, a lot of times that's, that stems from identity and a place of, um, feeling that you're not, mm. I, I'm not one that can be friendly. I'm not one that people want to be around. I'm not, mm. I'm not fun enough. I'm not all the lies. Yeah. All the things. And you're so good at self-talk and speaking all the things that you are. And we talk about this in our home all the time is like making the, I am so much louder than the, I'm not, you know, and start declaring like my dad used to tell me this when I was young. He's like, I walk into every room and I just assume I love this thought. that everyone wants to be my friend. I love that. And I think from that premise, it, it definitely feeds into the, the I am spirit, you yep. know, that you're a big, you're a big person. I am fun enough. I am worth the invite. I am. And, and I think another lie of loneliness is that, um, we have to have so much on our social calendar. Right. I mean, I, I think like that, you know, like it's just like be grateful for the, yeah just the few things or the few friends or the few invitations, you know, I often, I often wonder people that get off Instagram, you know, we, we have friends that have gotten off and we know people that have taken season off or they delete the app. I wonder to me when that, when that, when it gets to that place, I wonder if it's not that it's like I'm being criticized and hated. Mm -hmm. It's the haters that got me off. I often wonder if it's the, this is provoking jealousy or provoking insecurity, provoking loneliness in me. And it's too cruel to my soul to handle why am I not invited? Why am I not there? Why am I not, you know, able to participate in that? I think it has to do with more that than the man, the the comments of criticism are so negative. I think it's it's that FOMO, it's that, it's that, it's that loneliness side that we have to really I always think you have to protect your mental state. You have to protect your mind from not going there if you're not good at self-talk. Some people are just good, like, oh, they're awesome. Oh, it's fine. I and can stay secure. If you can't, then you got to make moves in your life, I think, at whatever the case is, to get yourself in a good, healthy spot. So if that's the side of loneliness, talk to me about the side of love. And I and I love this side that there is there's there's love and loneliness because there is a sense of love yeah. and we talk about the five love languages which I I love that we have such different love languages. Julie, you love it? Yeah, I do. I think it's <laughs> I think it's the unique. Well, it's the challenge, oh of course. God. But it's the I was with a couple recently in in their newlyweds and they were telling me um, their love languages and his are the same as mine and hers are the same as yours. And I was just talking to them about our journey of just going like, man, I often... Hers were group exercise. <laughs> yeah. no, hers was Orange Theory. Good food. Yeah. 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 Hers, yeah she's a foodie. No, but uh, your love language, tell everybody what your love language is, the way that you love to receive love. I, I love access service. Yep. And I love quality time. And I just feel like I dominate both of those. Uh-huh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. No, but... In I my... basically like when you serve me for long periods of time. That's the... That's 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 the summation ideal. of that. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like, let's go on a date together. It's right. like, can you come to Costco with me <laughs> and put your phone away? Yeah. And just... Just... Do what I say. Just serve my plan. Yeah, just yeah. serve me. Just serve my plan. Yeah. And and be present. We don't even have to like 
talk about anything right. really deep. That right. I mean, sadly, that like, is that is my so my my cup runneth over when you are my assistant. <laughs> <laughs> there is too much truth. I'm just There's kidding. too much truth in that. So, but you were not wired that way. Yeah, and my so love that, language, the the way that I receive yeah. love is physical touch and words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So, so just touch, me and, touch me and tell me how great I am. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but this is great to talk about because love, I always feel like love is not just a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love is a decision. Mm-hmm. And when I choose to love you, when I choose to really love you, which means to serve you, I, I am saying I want to meet your needs. I want, to, I want to come into your life and do whatever I can to make you feel esteemed and valued. And I want to express my love. The way that I feel for you, I want to express that. So if I express that, here's the problem with, I think, a lot of relationships is that we express love in the way we want to receive love. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't work. It doesn't fill the other person's cup. I, I you know, 11 years in, four kids now, I, I, I'm still learning how to be really good at meeting your needs. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to Costco in six years. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, I'm still learning. But I think that's so important for people to understand that love is a choice. Love is a decision. And I love you. And therefore, because I love you, I serve you. Yeah. Talking about how how can you encourage people to do that? And what's the decision that you make to to go like, you know what? I know this is what... So I think the reality is most relationships, we know what the other person wants. Mm-hmm. We know what the other person needs. Yeah. It's about dying to ourself to go... F- do it. Fulfill that. Yeah. yeah. What What is that challenge? Well, I think our challenge is that we're too strong firstborns. So 100%. we have an innate nature is that we like our way and we like our plan. Like we, right. we can relate with a lot of characters in the Bible that way where right. we, we, we are persistent that our way is the right way. So right. I think there's that. I think there's people probably listening that are better at servitude and giving natural. Na- it comes natural. Sure. But I think fighting against that mind selfishness spirit is something we've both had to work hard on individually. But I think with that is like not acquiescing to apathy, not giving into like, I'm fine. You do you, I do me. Right. And that takes intentionality. That that's the, that's the place where it takes the most amount of work. Mm. It's not necessarily like all of these little things are, we're working on. It's it's we're working on the fight to serve. Mm. The it, it's that saying: all harmony in relationships flow from selflessness, and all conflict in relationships flow from selfishness. Right. It it, it 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 and you think about that you go yeah when there's harmony in relationships it goes back to the that selfless I'm gonna put the other person in front of me yeah and if there's conflict it always goes back to selfishness which is what we were born into all of us were born into selfishness right and this is a, a fighting tactic that I will give you all that we that that I have learned to use is that when you're like nope my way and I'm like no my way and it doesn't sound like that but we we're going toe to toe per se Mm. and I'll always say all right you win 
<laughs> you're the winner. Yeah. And inside it's like that feels good for a moment. And then yeah. say, but just know that, that when you're the winner, the person that you love right. is the loser. Right. So your wife right. that you want to serve right. has now lost. How does that make you feel? Right. You know? And so I think like, it's like, like, shoot, that, that doesn't feel great that she's mm. the loser, but still I'm actually, I'm excited that I won. You know, like we right, want, right. we want our way. We want of course to win. But I think leaning into that, learning how to serve, learning how to mm. be selfless, learning how to, to keep fighting, you yeah. know, like that intentionality, fight, mm. passion, like those are all things that, that you have to work really hard at. A hundred percent. Yeah, you have to. And I think you, you use the key word that I think destroys most relationships. It is not conflict. It is apathy. Mm-hmm. It is just getting uh, used to dysfunction and living in dysfunction. It might start just a little couple degrees off, mm-hmm. but you give that time and pretty soon you're so far down the road of dysfunction that, that most couples end up and go, how did we end up here? Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't start. You didn't just arrive there overnight. It started back here when you weren't able to forgive and you weren't able to have intentional communication. Mm-hmm. And I think that ends up in what we were talking about earlier is loneliness. Mm-hmm. So you end up in loneliness even in a relationship. Right. I always just think, and you said it so well before, but it's like just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean you're not lonely. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of people that are in great relationships or what are perceived to be great relationships, but live in a world of loneliness. I think the key is staying engaged. Something that you're, I feel like you're so good at is, is, is always bringing us to a place of, come on, let's talk. Let's bring resolve. Let's, I, I'm, I'm a bit more of a powder by nature. I can pout. I can take my ball and go home. I can be like, you said that. And so I'm just going to, you know, just pout and my feelings are hurt. I can be more like that than you. And I feel like you do such a good job of saying like, no. We're going to bring resolve to this. Let's talk. Let's talk things out. I think that's because I need you to go to Costco with me. (laughs) (laughs) I need you to take the kids to school, man. I'm like, you think? I know, just kidding. But but I think that that is love. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to live in unharmony. No. Like it is. It is tormenting to the soul to feel like. You're at odds with people. Yeah. I mean, I, I know people that um, are by nature a peacemaker mm. and to feel like they have angst or they're like in conflict in relationship, yeah. like will destroy them. Like yeah. they're up all night. Like it, yeah. it does. I mean, some people have the ability to compartmentalize and keep going, but most people like when when there's conflict, when there's unharmony in relationships that matter to them, mm. it is tormenting. Yeah. It, it is the worst feeling that that leads into isolation. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're just like, you're in conflict, there's unharmony, there's right. unrest, there's angst in your mm. soul, and you just feel like mm. isolated, believing all of these the lies things that yeah. are are not true. Yeah. And... Um, I think 
not only in marriage and in friendships, it can be that way. Like if you're in conflict with like a family member until you make things right and have those hard conversations and invest to, to grow forward, it is, it, it can feel that way. It can feel isolating. Totally. I I love this, um, thought, um, you know, uh, scripture would say, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not rude. It is not proud. It is not easily angered. Love, uh, you know, it always trusts, always hopes, always persevere. Love never wins. But one of my favorite lines in that writing is that love keeps no record of wrongs. Mm. I think that's one of my favorite parts about love is that love refuses to hold a laundry list of shortcomings over somebody's head. Right. It, it it's in a way almost like love amnesia or spiritual amnesia yeah. that it happened. And if I yeah. wanted to, I could remember, but I choose because I love you. I choose yeah. not to. This is of course the love of God, God's love for us. He yeah. keeps no record of our wrongs. I think it is impossible to have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. keeping records right. of wrongdoing. Right. How, do, how does somebody listening how do we encourage people to go like hey you do remember that comment the right night event it's amazing julia was we were going through all of our valentine's days and you're you're remembering (laughs) Wait, how many valentine's day this will be number 12 or 13 13 because we're dating 2007 this will be our 13th oh my god no 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 no. 2008 we got this 12 We've been married. We've been married eleven years. It's our twelfth. Twelfth. Yeah, we dated for like two days. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but like you can remember. You're throwing out details of like Valentine's number three that I'm like, I don't remember what we did last year or the uh, year before. Listeners, all of our Valentine's days were not always peachy and roses and good. <laughs> oh, I thought you said PG. PG's rose. No, we've had uh, some. Rated R. No, just kidding. No, we've had some misses. We've we had some we, swing. And we misses. we had a when we first moved to LA, we had a couple in the church that was like the best sushi spot downtown LA, beautiful view. So we went, and I think I lasted in that restaurant twenty minutes. I was like, "Get me out of here!" That was such a miss. We've had some misses for some Valentine's Day for sure. We've had some, but it's really- not just the food. It was. There was there was misses because of our human nature. <laughs> yeah, 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 all the, all of the above, right? Yeah, just we have learned not to do Valentine's night. We now in the dinner we now have you know we pivot to other less pressure. We've gotten better over the years, but you have this ability to remember so well. I'm like you have just an insane memory. How do you? Uh, love without keeping record of wrongs, which is to me also the essence of forgiveness. Forgiveness is saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive you of that. I'm not right. gonna hold that over your head. Right. I'm not gonna keep that with me." How do we encourage people to to forgive? Ultimately, move on. Yeah. Wow, forgiveness is difficult, and uh, I used to. I used to pride myself in thinking like I, I forgive quick. I get over things really fast. Right. And uh, I was recently just talking to someone who says like I, I just get over things really fast. But I think none of us forget that easily. And right. even though some of us might be more evident powders or more evident um, uh, 
like ones that walk around with like a feeling of unforgiveness. We all, anytime a hurtful thing is done, there, there is memory where it's, it's hidden in there somewhere. Right. And so I think through the years, like I just used to tell myself, like I get over things fast, Mm. but I didn't actually learn the practice mm. and and how I needed to truly forgive right. those areas. I just kept telling myself like, let's move forward. You know, right, like right, right. I, f- I forgive you, but let's let's keep going. Right. And um, there were little things hidden in my heart that I didn't realize because I convinced myself that I just knew how to to move forward. But I think um, f- forgiveness is really just like deep cleaning. You know. It's great. It's like great way to say it. It's like I, I have to inspect mm. those crevices yep. and crusty parts of my yeah. heart. Sorry, we have dirty floors because of the four kids. But <laughs> um, you know, it's just like I think about like sometimes on our, on our floors, like I get on my hands and knees, and I like mm. have to get after some of those like spots and stuff, and I just. You just have to get after some of those areas. That's great. I, I remember some of the early days, like you had, you were way more skillful in the art of arguing. Beautiful. And I was. Tell the people. <laughs> I was more emotional. Yeah. And so I felt like defeated and I felt like I, I'm not in the game and you're always going to feel like you won. And I was just like, you were just really a lot quicker with the words and I was mm. a lot quicker with the tears. And so I used to write in my notes or I used to film sometimes. Mm. Cause I was like, I'm going to use your words as weapons in the next <laughs> argument. But I think it was like, I was keeping record of wow. wrong. Cause I felt like that was going to be my tactic to mm. fight back. Mm. But really what our, what our tactic is, is to fight back is a purity of spirit. Yeah. Great. Is, is a whole heart is a heart that doesn't have cracks and crevices and dirt and mm. gunk in there. Yeah. And so sometimes forgiveness is, um, heart surgery in the presence of God. Sometimes mm. um, forgiveness is in the word. Sometimes forgiveness is resource. Sometimes forgiveness is health outside of devotion. Yeah. You know, getting, getting, um, you know, just practices um, in our daily disciplines better. Sometimes mm. it's rest. Sometimes, yep. you know, I think it's yep. like just understanding what, is happening in there. And then, you know, we all know the scriptures that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, um, forgiveness comes from a place of, of abundance really, you know? Great. Great. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, um, forgiveness is also for me, something that I go, I have needed so much forgiveness. Mm-hmm. God has forgiven me of so much. It would be so petty for me not to forgive somebody else. Right. So I always think it is a, a ability of not just to have a view of the person and what they've done. I think it's simultaneously having a view of self. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I don't always say the right thing. I've needed grace. I've been emotional. So when I have a healthy self view, I can always extend it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. If I only look at others and never myself, I'll make it all about their atrocious behavior and their flagellant, you know, how could you do this? It's for me going like, 
I'm, I've got to be aware of my shortcomings, how much I've needed grace and the extension of, of forgiveness in me. And who am I to withhold that from somebody else? If I've been forgiven much, I've got to forgive much. And so it's always that tension of self in the equation of what's gone on, what's been said, what's what's happened. I think um, that right there, what we're talking about here in the end, apathy, forgiveness, that will move you from loneliness to love. Mm-hmm. And that will keep you in love and out of loneliness. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this year's Valentine's. Thank you for coming on to... You didn't know you were getting interviewed. You no, didn't. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I thought we were going to tell a whole bunch of this, funny stories. This, People want to hear our this, funny stories. I don't have funny stories. I'm not funny. I don't know. I have never made a joke <laughs> in my whole life. I'm a very serious guy. Hey, uh, we're going to go right now to this month's top five, top five leadership thoughts uh, for this month's leadership lean in. Check it out. All right. This month's top five leadership lean in. Uh, leadership thoughts we're jumping into. We just had a fantastic time down in Jupiter, Florida, with John Maxwell, the the best, the the, the you know the top of the top when it comes to leadership, and uh, it was such an inspiring, insightful day. He said so many things which I hope to share and pass along here on this podcast. I'm still working through my notes and trying to wrap my mind around the experience. He's been such a hero to me. I've learned. Literally since about 1998, I've been consuming this guy's content. To meet him was just such a privilege. One of the things he talked about was the four things that successful people do. Successful people do four things really, really well. So I just want to share those with you. This is not my content. This is from John Maxwell. And you got to hear this. This is so good. Successful people do four things. Number one, they do R, R-E-A-L, R, really well, which is relationships. I love this. They know how to connect with people. He said this, people won't go along with you if they can't get along with you. I love that thought because successful people are so good at relationships. Do people like being around you? Do they get along with you? He was telling stories, you know, some CEOs, they want to be at this level and they want to, you know, be able to accomplish this stuff. But he will have to tell them sometimes the reason why you're not getting to that level is because people don't like you. I know it's kind of hard uh, to say that to somebody, but if people can't get along with you, they're not going to go with you. Make sure in your life you keep all your relationships to the best of your ability intact. The next one is E for equipping. So successful people do four things. Number one is relationships. Number two, the E is for equipping. They're always investing and developing other people. They're doing their best. I love this thought that really it is not easy to raise up other leaders but it is always worthwhile. It's always worth equipping and raising up and training up. In other words, successful people never hold all their cheat codes and their best practices to themselves. They do everything to put tools in people's tool belt to see them succeed. That is the difference between being successful and being significant. At the end of the day, do you want to be successful or do you want to be significant? To be significant is far greater than successful. And if you're going to be successful, sorry, if you're going to be significant, you got to equip others. Here's the A. The A is for attitude. 
They have an attitude with tenacity for endurance. Love this thought. Because if you give them a problem, doesn't crease them, doesn't stop them. They have the ability to rise above their issue. Attitude is your altitude. You will never surpass your attitude. Your attitude is everything. And you get around some people that have a poor attitude or they struggle to stay positive, have a good attitude. And you watch, they kind of flounder. They don't do very well. People struggle to be around them. And especially when a problem appears, a problem, stress comes, financial problems, relational problems, and it just throws them overboard. Successful people are good at relationships, good at equipping, and they have an attitude that is positive. They'll give them a problem and they rise above it. They endure with tenacity. I want to encourage you, work on your attitude. A lot of us, you don't have a gifting problem, you have an attitude problem. Shift your attitude to be a positive person and watch things get easier. Here's the last one, and it is leadership, R-E-A-L, the L is for leadership. He said this great thought, quit trying to hit numbers. The numbers are not our goal, growth is our goal. Remember, in life, Still, the greatest felt need in the world is leadership, because at the end of the day, everything rises and falls on leadership. So let me just encourage you in your leadership, it will not be your success if you hit that goal. What happens? You hit that goal, and then is it going to make you feel better? Are you going to sleep better? Is it going to set another goal? The goal is not to hit the goal. The goal is growth. Growth is the goal. And great leaders have the ability to say, I am determined to become who I'm supposed to become. R-E-A-L. I know it's top five and there's only four. And just don't at mention me or wait, do it. Anyways, so R-E-A-L, that's this month's top five. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.